Anybody got any questions about fasting before we move on? Because this will be the time to, to finish that up and discuss whatever if you have a question about fasting. So I do have to tell you, though, there's one change that uh, came. Um, I told y'all that you couldn't put salt on your food and spices on your food. I stand to be corrected on that. Apparently, salt is natural and spices are natural. It can be grown. So I think salt comes from a rock or some type, so it comes out of the ground. So you can use spices, you can use salt, and yes, you can use raw, unfiltered. Now, you got to listen to the words, raw, unfiltered honey. Okay? See, raw, unfiltered honey. That means it's not been processed, hasn't been tampered with, no sugar been added to it. All right, so raw unfiltered honey, you can use that in any kind of spices that are naturally made. Amen? So does that clarify that for you? Where does sugar oh. come from? The ground. <laughs> you don't need no sugar, bro. Just stay off the sugar, brother. Stay off the sugar. Lord have mercy. I should have known somebody would start trouble tonight. Just stay off the sugar. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all got these? How many of y'all been reading your scripture with us every day? Reading your, reading your chapter every day? All right. We're over in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians right now. I encourage you, the papers are back there on the table in the foyer, I'm on the welcome table. If you don't, if it's hard for you to keep up what day is what, what I would do is I would just look, say, okay, today's what? Uh, day, day, day's the ninth. I would just put uh, right there on the ninth, I would just slip that into my Bible on the next chapter, and then the next morning you're already there. Amen. You're already there. So I encourage you to read that. There's some good stuff in there. Amen. Amen. The Lord, open your eyes as you begin to see some things. Yeah. All right. So if y'all done, if y'all tired talking about fasting, we'll talk about the Holy Ghost for a while. All right. Y'all right. tired talking about fasting? Y'all still want to talk about fasting? We can keep on talking about fasting if you want to. All right. <laughs> I think we're about fasted out of the knowledge of fasting then. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I hope you, I do encourage you to do the fast with us starting on March the 20th, going through the 9th of April. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, so with all that said, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. You're going to talk about the Holy Ghost, you better start with Acts chapter 2. Amen? Everybody got a Bible tonight? We got some Bibles of those that need some Bibles tonight? Hey, Amen. Hey, you going back there, Brother Tim? I can't see it. I bring my glasses. You bring your glasses. All right, I encourage you, you got something, everybody got something to write on, you might want to take some notes. Amen. Want to take some notes. Where's your stuff at, sister? Oh, my Lord. Well, I'll let you borrow a Bible. I'll let you borrow a Bible. I've got plenty of Bibles around. You got the whole Bible memorized? No. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 2. We're going to be looking at the first verse. We're going to go through 1 through 4 in Acts chapter 2. How many of y'all got the Holy Ghost with you today? Amen. Amen. How many folks claim to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Let me see them hands. Raise your hands you baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right. We're going to talk about that. How many of y'all remember the day you got baptized in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Amen. There's something about that day, ain't it? Amen. There's something about that day. You're going to remember that day. Amen. All right. So we're going to start off with Acts chapter 2, looking at the first verse. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared in the dim divers tongues, or cloven tongues, as of a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, we thank you for your reading of your word, and God, we ask you to enlighten our minds and our spirits. Lord, that we begin to see things in a new light, God, as we get revelation from your word. And Father, we just ask you for all this in your anointing in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Howard Carter, the general superintendent of the Assembly of God of Great Britain for 19 years, he was the founder of the oldest Pentecostal Bible school in the world. I didn't know that until today. He said that we must not forget that speaking with other tongues is not only the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's indwelling, and it is a continual experience for the rest of one's life. For the rest of one's life. Now this is an expert telling us that. He had the largest Pentecostal Bible school in the world for 19 years. And so he tells us that the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit it is a continual experience for the rest of one's life. As we read about the day of Pentecost, and we've all read it, I mean, we've, we've heard so many sermons on this preached. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me is that the, uh, the disciples and the apostles, the 120, they only had to go to the upper room one time. Amen? They only had to go to the upper room one time, and they got the, they got the baptism of the Holy Ghost after that one time. In verse 9, as you look at verse 9, it actually records 16 known languages of mankind, but was unlearned to the the Galilean apostles. We have to remember that the apostles were all from Galilee, and they were uneducated in other languages. They did not learn them. They did not know them. And yet you got 16, as you go through verse 9, you got 16 different languages all the way down to verse 11, 16 different languages that were called out and saying, we hear these men, these Galatian men speaking in our known tongue. And then they list that, 16 different languages. I always found that to be very interesting. Not only can you speak out other languages that you don't know, but you can also speak the heavenly language of the angels. It is an unlearned language. There was, there's countless of testimonies of people in foreign countries that are on record in history preaching in the languages of the people even though they could not tell you what they were preaching. Can you imagine that? Preachers in foreign countries, missionaries, talk about this all the time. They're in a foreign country and they begin to speak in tongues while they're preaching. They don't have a, a clue what they're saying because it's an unknown language to them. But they are preaching, and the people hearing them are hearing them in their native tongue. I mean, it's been recorded so many times. Not only that, there's recording of missionaries being in foreign countries, getting lost, and, and not knowing how to speak the language that they're around, and the Holy Spirit come upon them, and they begin to have a conversation with the local people there, and heard them speak English back to them. They, heard, they were speaking in their native tongue, but what the missionary heard was English, and they were able to get directions on how to get out of the place. Many testimonies. Right, yes, ma'am. There, there's a uh, recorded, this actually happened at North Georgia Youth Camp. There was a young man there. He lived on the campground with his, his uh, adopted mother. 
and uh, he uh, could almost quit signing on when she was dead. Okay. So she had been praying for him, and they were up in the altar praying, and this young girl uh, was in the spirit and said she began to do funny things with her hands. She didn't know sign language. Oh. She was speaking directly to this young man that he needed to get right. Oh, my. Amen. What a beautiful so, Holy Spirit. So, so the Lord can use even something. Amen. I, I've never heard of that happening, but I yeah, believe it. I yeah, believe it. Yeah. The Holy Spirit knows sign language. Yeah. Well, you think that the Holy Spirit knows all the languages of the world, right? Right. And that's what's so beautiful about the day of Pentecost. Yeah. You know, it's the timing. You've got you to appreciate God's timing here. Because as He's getting ready to ascend into the, into the heavens, you know, He tells them, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And then the scripture tells us in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost. Now, a lot of, a lot of early believers, they, they don't know the difference. They don't know what the day of Pentecost is. And so they immediately think, well, the, the day of Pentecost is just when the Holy Ghost fell down. But no, the day of Pentecost goes back to the, day, uh, the days of Leviticus. And it's a feast day. It's a feast day in Leviticus. So he knew, Jesus knew. Think about this. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they all knew. That on the day of Pentecost, Israel, men, would be commanded to go to Jerusalem. From all over the world, the known world at that time. So Jerusalem was full. It was packed out. Everybody's coming to the feast. Everybody's coming to do their sacrifice in the temples. Everybody's coming home to Jerusalem. And so God timed it perfect on that particular day. As they waited and they prayed, 120. I always ask the question, what happened to the 480? Where did they go? Or 380. What happened to the 380? You've got to do my math right, right? Because 500 people saw Jesus, is what the scripture tells us. 500 people saw Jesus after the resurrection. Where's the rest of them at? Only 120 are actually in the upper room. And I always believe that they were all in one accord, which to me is a great miracle in itself. Amen. Amen. You get the believers together, that means believers together, and all in one accord, and they're praying and seeking God. That's a, hey, that's a miracle right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. I try to get 50 people together in one accord. I find it so difficult. But 120, here we go, on the day of Pentecost, God's timing is perfect. And then when the Holy Ghost comes, He baptizes them and gives them a language that they did not know, but the people of the land knew. And so there they are, preaching in their native tongue. What a stirring that must have been. What a great testimony of the gospel that must have been as they begin to see and hear and they knew, they recognized these, people, these men are from Galilee. There's no way they know my language. They're uneducated people. They're fishermen. And, and there's no way they know my language. But yet there they are preaching in my language. And that was such a stir going on at the time. And I think it's a beautiful planning process of God. God's about planning. He's about planning. He makes plans and He executes plans. God does not do anything by accident or coincidence. Everything is directed. It's a divine plan. And I just love that divine plan of the day of Pentecost. Now, here's the beautiful part of all this as we get into it. But let me ask you some questions here. Can you be baptized in the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues? Anybody can answer the question. Can you be baptized in the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues? I don't think so. Speaking in tongues is the initial evidence that you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. So I would say exactly. Exactly. 
If you're going to be, if somebody's baptized in the Holy Ghost, there must be an initial evidence. And the initial evidence is the speaking in tongues. Amen? So if you take your notes, you want to write down 10 reasons why every believer should be speaking in tongues. That's our title. That's what we're talking about. He is through the land. Okay, you got to understand that you got to understand the difference between baptism in the Holy Spirit and being born again. You cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit saving you. You can't be born again without the Holy Spirit. But those are two different things. Baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming into your life and saving your soul. That's two different, two different areas, two different things. So, so then that means that uh, the Holy Spirit really does help those that are not baptized in the, uh, uh, the gifts of speaking in God. He can lead them. He can guide them. Okay. Right? But there's a difference. in. But it's a, that's, that's a wonderful thought. But it's, it, the problem, the thing we got to fo- focus on is there's a difference between baptism, and we're going to talk about baptism and exactly what baptism is, and receiving the Holy Spirit. So when you get saved, you know you called on God, something happened. How many of y'all remember the day you got saved? Some of y'all were crying in the altars. Well, what made you cry? Holy Ghost. What brings conviction on a, on a sinner? Holy Ghost. You can't have, without the Holy Ghost, there's, been, there's no conviction. So the Holy Ghost is moving at that time. But there's, it's, it's a different subject when you're talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to get in depth on that. But I got another question for you. Another question is, is speaking in tongues the only evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You're sharp tonight. <laughs> signs following believers. Okay. Mm-hmm. You begin to have, it gives you power to do things you couldn't do before. Bonus. So there's signs that follow the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. But what about the fruits of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The nine fruits of the Spirit. If you don't have the nine fruits of the Spirit, I don't care how much you talk in tongues. You ain't got no Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 If you don't have the nine fruits of the Spirit, you've got to have the nine fruits of the Spirit because the nine fruits of the Spirit are the characteristics and the personalities of the Holy Ghost. You can't have the Holy Ghost without them. You can't have it without them. But the speaking in tongues is the initial, initial evidence or the initial sign that somebody has been baptized in the Holy Ghost. But there must be the fruits of the Spirit operation in their life as well. Must be. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay, the Holy Ghost is left, but one can't be 
faith unless the drawing of the Holy Ghost is there, right? Right. So how are they going to be drawn to the Holy Ghost if he has the Holy Spirit still has to be here, wouldn't he? There's no conviction without the Holy Spirit. Right. So those people in tribulation years that get saved are going to have to fall under conviction. There's going to have to be a process. And saving of the soul, you know, is, is you feel the Holy Spirit coming upon you when you get saved. You know, you start crying. You start repenting. That's a process. You can't do that without the Holy Spirit moving upon you and drawing you. Right. Right. So, huh? Got to be humble. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit's also going to be the power that resurrects us and raises us up out of this place in the rapture as well. But, you know, we can't limit the Holy Spirit. You can't think, well, the Holy Spirit can only be at one place at one time. No. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. So he will still be here, I guess, at different times during the tribulation period? He'll still be here just like he was in the days of the apostles and the days of the prophets and the days of the church because he's still going to be working on people. Because you you answered your own question, really. It's impossible to be saved without the Holy Spirit. You can't. The Holy Spirit's going to draw you. He's going, to, he's going to lead you to the Lord. That's His job. Lead you to the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit will have to be here. But praise God, He's also going to raise us up out of here. Amen. 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 All right. So we got the fruit, nine fruits of the Spirit. And also you can go to the nine gifts of the Spirit. I always, I always thought it was interesting that there's nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruits of the Spirit. I always thought that was, I thought that was pretty neat. In verse 25, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So, all right, so let's get to the question of what and who is the Holy Spirit? What and who is the Holy Spirit? In the book of Isaiah chapter 51 verse 12, and this is God speaking, in Isaiah 51 verse 12, if you want to write that down, it says, I even, I am he who comforts you. I even, I am he that comforts you. Now, when I hear I am, I think of the I am that I am, the name that God told Moses when, God, when Moses asked him, who do I say that you are? He says, I am that I am. In other words, Yahweh. I am that I am. The God that Moses uh, uh, was calling out and the, God, and the God that name that he gave to Moses to tell the people. So look at what it says. I mean, think of that and then look at, Isaiah 51, verse 12. I even, I am he who comforts you. Amen? Now let's go to John chapter 14. So we're going to answer the question of who and what. I'd just like to say one thing about the Holy Ghost. You know, when I got saved and I sought the Lord, and I mean, it was really promoted to take these things by the Holy Ghost. And I go to other churches. And I would leave with a depressed feeling mm-hmm. because I had not been in a spiritual atmosphere as I had been in Pentecost. Something missing. And Something missing. One of the greatest things that I felt when I received the Holy Ghost is the comforting power of the Holy Ghost. Has nothing to give you more peace than when the Holy Ghost comes in. It comforts you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and that's so true, Brother Dwayne. And I have felt the same way. I've been in churches that were just, they grieved the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, dead, just no spirit at all moving, just grieved. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I fight as the pastor 
is I fight the tying up of the, of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to be free. I don't want anything to, to stop the Holy Spirit from moving in the church. I don't want anything to grieve the Holy Spirit from wanting to be in the church. You know, you can be in an atmosphere where you just grieve the Holy Spirit and He don't want to be there at all. You know, and it's sad. It's sad that we have churches out there that grieve the Holy Spirit. But, um, yeah, I, I've, I've experienced that. I tell you, I, to the point you feel like crying. You just feel like crying. Just, you feel like you're just heartbreaking. Yeah. So in John chapter 14 and verse 16, it says, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Another helper or comforter that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He dwelleth with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So we can see here that Jesus is calling uh, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And when I say Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the same, same person. There, I've, I've seen people get all bent out of shape on which one's which. It's, it's the same. If you're talking about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about the Holy Ghost... It's the same. There's no, there's, no, there's no two spirits here. There's not one Holy Spirit and another Holy Ghost. It is just one Holy Spirit. Amen. One Holy Ghost. It's just one person. But some people get bent out of shape on, on, uh, on verbiage. Of, and I've, I've seen preachers get bent out of shape on verbiage. You know, it, is it the Holy Spirit or is it Holy Ghost? And I even had somebody come to me one time and said, uh, I knew to come to this church because you said Holy Ghost. I thought, well, I'll also say Holy Spirit. Is that going to run you out? You know, I thought that before. You can get out of shape on stuff, and it's the same, okay? So when you see the word Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, you're talking about the same. All right, so we need Jesus is, we see in Isaiah that God's identifying himself as the comfort one. He's the one that comforts us. We see Jesus talking about, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I will send the comforter to you. And then he goes on to say, he goes on to say, uh, whom the world cannot receive because it neither seeth him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he's telling them, I'm going to be in you. He's, I'm going to be in you. I love that part right there. I think that's just a beautiful part. So we can see that the Holy Ghost is the comforter. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. Amen? The Holy Spirit cannot lie. He cannot lead you astray. He cannot lie. He cannot deceive you in any way. If you get a word from the Holy Spirit, it is the word of the Holy Spirit. It is truth. It is truth. So the Holy Spirit will always give you truth. Amen? And Jesus said that, that He will abide with us forever. So is there ever going to be a day that we do not have the Holy Spirit with us? No. He said forever. So once we've received the Holy Spirit, He's with us forever. Amen? That's, that's comforting right there. That's comforting. We are never alone. We are never alone. We always have the Holy Spirit with us. Amen? You know, I've heard people say, I just want to hear the audible voice of God. And, you know, and in times in the Old Testament, there's been recordings of the audible voice of God speaking to somebody. But I'll tell you the truth. I'd rather have the Holy Spirit speaking inside of me than to hear the audible voice of God. Because he's in here speaking inside of me. Out there, he's outside of me. Does that make sense? He's outside. I want him inside. I want, to, I want him always to be with me. Never leave me. And I got the 
that Jesus has promised that he will be with me for forever. Now, verse 26, John 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance and whatsoever I have said unto you. I want to tell you, every time I had to take a test, and, and, and when my kids were, were growing up too, they were worried about taking a test. I would tell them, if you studied your material, you can. it's okay to ask the Holy Spirit to help you remember. If you've not studied, He can't bring something up that you've not studied now. He's not going to cheat. Holy Ghost ain't no cheater. He's not going to cheat for you. He's not just going to supernaturally put the knowledge in you and you haven't even read a book and you've got to pass a test and you know you've had time to study. You know what I'm saying? But He will re- help you remember. Amen? Well, if He'll help us remember stuff like that, He can help us remember daily things too. Amen? Anybody here fight with any kind of memory problem? Do you, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my, my truck has developed some kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, but, uh, you know, it ain't got no fancy computers in there, but my truck wants to drive itself. I mean, I'll be trying to go to the store, next thing you know, I'm, I'm supposed to turn to Piggly Wiggly, I'm headed toward Carrollton. I mean, what's my truck doing? Why am I going to Carrollton? I was trying to turn back there. Y- y- y'all got, did y'all got cars like that? You start going somewhere, you know where you're supposed to go, and your car wants to go a different direction. You know, we need to pray, Holy Spirit, help me remember where I'm going. Amen. <laughs> help me remember where I'm going. <laughs> I get so many things on my mind, once I start thinking about something, I'll just keep driving. That's about my problem. It's called mind overload. Mind overload. Oh, I stay there. <laughs> I stay there. <laughs> Amen. Go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. And that's if we're answering the question, who and what is the Holy Spirit? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So these three bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Well, we know that Jesus is the Word of God according to John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Anybody remember the rest of that one? And dwelt among us. Amen. So the Word of God is Jesus Christ. So so you can see the Trinity right there. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All three are God. And we call this the Trinity. Amen. So they are all God together and yet separated. Did you know you are a Trinity being? You are a trinity being. You have a body. Raise your hand if you do not have a body. That's what I thought too. Make sure everybody's alive in here. You have a body. You have a soul. And you have a spirit. You are a trinity being. Amen? Now, the body is the house of the soul and the spirit. This is, so our body is where we live in. I call, I call it the earth suit. This is our earth suit. Okay? So our soul and our spirit lives in our body. And then number two, our, our soul and our mind, our soul is our mind, our intellect, our emotions, our personality. And the spirit is the place that God dwells in because God is a spirit. So you by yourself is a trinity being. And the, and the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is a trinity being. Amen. Jesus was the body of God. His soul is the Father God and his spirit is the Holy Ghost. Y'all want me to say that again? 
Jesus is the body of God. His soul is the Father God and his spirit is the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. This is the meaning of the Trinity. All three are God and yet all three are separate too. Just like your body is separated from when you die, your soul and spirit just simply step out of the body. That's it. Just step out of the body. It's amazing. The body cannot function without the, the spirit and the soul. You take the spirit and the soul out of the body and the body will not function. Can't function without the spirit and the soul. So the body must have the spirit and the soul in order to be alive and to be and to be about our being. Amen. But our soul and our spirit can live without the body. Amen. I mean, listen, the moment you die, listen, your eyes will still work. Your brain, your mind, you'll still be thinking. You'll still be able to talk. You're just outside the body. You're outside the body. A lot of people like to think the brain is their mind. No, that's just an organ up there. That's just a gray matter up there. You take the spirit and the soul out of the brain, it's just dead. There's no activity. None. And But it's, it's praise God, you know, that one of these days we're going to get a glorified body that can keep up with the soul and the spirit. Amen? A glorified body that doesn't know how to get old, don't know how to ache. Woo! I love, y'all know I love to preach about that glorified body. Amen? I want to get it. I want to get that glorified body. I, I heard somebody testifying. He's talking about a, a, a death experience. And so they went to heaven and, and said they found themselves in the, on, a, on a road and a field and flowers. And all of a sudden they just said, I'm just going to take off. I feel like running. I feel so good. I ain't felt this good in years. I'm just going to run. So they just started running, just sprinting. And all of a sudden started getting faster and started getting faster. And they noticed they wouldn't have a wind. They didn't, they didn't lose breath. They didn't get tired. They just kept on running. Amen. So I kept on running to the Lord called his name and stopped him. <laughs> I was having fun running. Amen. Can you imagine being able to run like that? Being able to run with no knee pains, no back pains, and don't even, don't even get short of bread. Don't even break a sweat. Amen. Praise the Lord. I will tell you, there's two places you can find me in heaven. Now, if you get missing me in heaven, I'll just tell you where to find me. All right. I'll either be at the throne room worshiping God. Or I'll be at the playground with the kids. Two places you'll find me, okay? See, I'll get to missing me in heaven. Just come to those two places. You'll find me there. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Y'all should join me while I'm there too. Amen. Let's swing together. Let's get on the playground together. Slide around. Basketball goal. I never was crazy about basketball goal on earth. I ain't going to be crazy in heaven either. <laughs> no, you'll be, Brother Wayne will be on the golf course. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Father God is in heaven. Jesus is sitting down at the right hand of God. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is here with us on earth. Amen. The Holy Spirit is right here with us on earth. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's not in heaven right now. He's right here with us. He's right here with us. Jesus and the Father's in heaven on the throne. And the Holy Spirit's right here doing the work with us. Amen. But one day the Holy Spirit will resurrect these bodies and carry us on up into the glory. Amen? Amen. He's going to carry us up on into glory and we'll be forever with the Father and with the Son. Amen. So in conclusion, who is the Holy Spirit? He's God inside of us. He's God inside of us. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Amen? So now we get to the question, well, what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? We've already determined we can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. 
So we know when we get saved, the Holy Spirit becomes a part of our life. At that moment, He steps inside of us and begins to do what we call a work. Amen? And I'm trying to bring back an old-fashioned word that used to be in the church. And the old-time preachers used to preach about it and used to hear it a lot. And, and now you, nobody wants to say the word no more because they're afraid of it. But I want to tell you, we need to get back to sanctification. Amen? Amen. We need to get back to sanctification. We need to, we need to get back to the roots of our salvation. Get back to the roots of sanctification. Amen. I tell you, I've been reading a book. Brother Thomas gave me a book on um, it's the, really the beginning of the church of God. He wanted to read the book about this church, and then he had a big old book about the beginning of the church of God in Tennessee Hills. And I've always read a little bit about it because you know, you've got to pass these tests and all that stuff, know the history of the church. But this book really goes in depth. And what I have found is that the, the church of God really started on the preaching of sanctification. It was the message of sanctification to the Baptist churches that won the members of the Baptist church out of the Baptist church and brought them into the Pentecostal side of the house. It was the preaching of sanctification. And I want to tell you, when I, when I read that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if you want to see God move like he used to, you better preach like they used to. Amen. We got to get back to sanctification. We got to get back to getting closer to God and, and getting rid of these things. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I told them Monday night. And by the way, if you weren't there Monday night, it's, we put on podcasts. You can go on podcasts and, and you can listen to that. You say, well, how do I get there? Just go Bowden Church of God, COG.org, our website, and there's a podcast on there. But I told them Monday night. I said, if, you know, if you're going to get to, you're going to get close to the glory of God, there's a price to be paid. And that price is sanctification. You got to get you're going to have to go through a process of sanctification to get close to God. Now, during uh, during one night, um, I had a lady come up to me and she wanted to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, we was, we was having church. She wanted to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And Lord, you could smell the, the stains of the cigarettes all over her. I mean, it was bad. And I just looked at her and I said, Honey, if you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to lay them cigarettes down first. Amen. Now, I wasn't trying to be ugly, but there's a process that's called sanctification. And I told her, I said, The Holy Ghost don't want to, don't want to be in a, a bunch of lungs full of smoke. Holy Ghost don't smoke. And He don't dip. He don't chew. He don't cuss. He don't drink alcohol. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. It's called Holy Spirit. Amen? Not defiled spirit. They've got a bunch of defiled spirits out there. We ain't talking about them. But you want the Holy Spirit. You want the, the Holy Ghost. Then you've got to go through a process called sanctification. Amen? Now I want to tell you something. God can sanctify you just like that. Amen? People can get saved. And the moment they get saved, the second moment they baptize in the Holy Ghost. But you know what? Because the Holy Ghost can sanctify them just like that. And many of you have already told me testimonies of people you knew that laid down the liquor bottle, that pulled the cigarettes out of their pocket and put them on the altars. You know, that's sanctification happening right there. Walk away from it, never pick it back up again. Amen? Got total deliverance from it. I experienced that. I'm Amen? That's sanctification. That's exactly sanctification right there. I'll tell you. I tell you, I was heartbroken last night, though. We had a young lady. I don't know her situation, but I, she wouldn't lay it down, whatever it was. Whatever was holding her back from God, she, she wouldn't lay it down. She said, no. She actually said, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. 
and just refused. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. She just refused to accept the Lord into her life and receive deliverance. Just a young lady. Young lady. Couldn't be no more than 25 years old, I wouldn't think. And just broke my heart. I'm thinking, honey, you just don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Amen. So we need to we need sanctification. So y'all going to hear me talk about sanctification a whole lot more. And when I do, y'all just shout, Amen. Amen. Come on, get in here with me, praise God. Amen. So then what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist is talking. And John says, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. So John's baptism, you know, he's, he's, he's baptizing people with water, but he tells them, he said, there's another baptism. He said, I'm going to baptize you with water repentance, but there's another baptism that you need. And there's somebody coming that's mightier than me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. But he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Now, there was whole, the Holy Spirit was drawing people to John to get baptized in the water, wouldn't he? Amen. And they were going through the process. That's what they were going through a process of sanctification, getting baptized in the water. There we go. But John talked about, he testified, said there's another baptism. And, and you think about how John was baptizing, you know. Uh, I, I don't believe in this sprinkling of water baptism stuff. No, no. Church of God don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. I believe in total submersion under water. And I'll tell you, I've had some people I was baptizing and I had to push real hard because they'd fight me about that total submersion. You know, they're afraid of water and afraid of water going to ears and nose, you know. But when I get to that moment and they, and they want to come out, oh, in the name of Jesus, I push them down even harder. Get them totally, I don't want to do it again. Amen. One time, one time baptism right here. You've got to be totally under the water. Totally. And I believe that's the baptism that John was doing. I believe it was totally under the water baptism because it's totally washing away of our sins. Amen. And that's exactly what happens when the Holy Ghost baptizes us. We are totally submerged under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost power comes upon us. There's a total submersion. Amen. Fire baptized. Amen. You know, and the thing about fire is, is uh, scriptures tells us that God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 2 and look back at verse 1 in Acts chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Now we're not going to get through all this tonight. And that's okay because I don't want to get through all this tonight. I don't want to get too big of a hurry. Amen. Acts chapter 2, go back to verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, then they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues, or divided tongues, as of fire. There's that fire again. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Y'all think they felt anything? Oh, yeah, I think they felt something powerful, don't you? They felt something powerful. But, you know, this is the only time in the Scriptures that you hear or read about the Holy Spirit 
uh, actually coming upon them as a flame, and they and they physically saw a flame. They're physically seeing this flame of fire, like a in his wagon, this flame of fire is like a tongue coming upon them. And that's the only time that we read in Scripture where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes. And it's not saying that God can't baptize anybody else the same way. Sure He can. But it's the only recording that we have of it actually happening. Of showing that there was a flame of fire on the apostles when they began to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's why we got that flaming tongue, right? Praise the Lord. So they were all praying and seeking and waiting of the promise of the Holy Ghost to come upon them. Now, Jesus didn't tell, Jesus didn't tell them what to expect. He just told them the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive power. He didn't tell them how it was going to happen. Did y'all notice that? All they needed to do was go pray and wait. Amen? That's what we need to be doing, church, praying and waiting. And that's what they were doing. They were seeking God. They were praying. They were waiting. They didn't know what was going to happen. They just expected something to happen. Lord, if we could get back to expecting something to happen in our prayer life, how much further down the road would we be? Amen? we got to expect. If you're going to pray about something, you need to expect it to happen. They were expecting something. They didn't know why. They knew Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, He knew that He said, I'm going to send the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, and when He comes upon you, you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. And they didn't know what to expect, but there it was. There it was. All of a sudden, the flaming fire of the wagon, I guess we, I kind of imagine a, a, a flaming tongue, I guess you could say. Uh, coming upon them, probably just sitting upon their head and just coming inside of them. But it went inside them. It wasn't something they wore on the outside. It was inside of them. It went inside them. Amen. Amen. And so they, they saw this. Um, and so we go to verse 8 and it says, but you shall receive power, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Spirit has come upon you. Now, many of you raised your hands earlier and told me you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you, did you feel the power when it came on you? Oh, yeah. Amen. Feel the power on you? You know, I'm glad you said that. You know, Samson, you, you see all these movies and these paintings, and, and, they, and what are they showing? Big old muscle man. He got, he got muscle on his earlobes. You know, big old... Big old Big old giant looking guy, you know, big muscles everywhere. I don't believe that at all. I believe he's a little skinny, skinny runt like Frankie over here. But when the Holy Ghost came upon him, he had might. Amen? He had might that he could rip the gates off and, and kill a thousand with a jawbone. Amen? And, you know, I believe he was, he was just a little fella, just like Brother Frankie and myself. Amen? I don't think he was all muscular and working out in God's gym or something. Amen? He was a little fella, but when the Holy Ghost came upon him, and what about Elijah? This reason I think that because Elijah outran the king's horses when the Holy Ghost came upon him. Amen. David. David. Amen. But all these men we're talking about had the Holy Ghost come upon them, but they did not get baptized in the Holy Ghost. He came upon them, and there was a physical effect. When the Holy Ghost gets upon you, there's a physical effect. Amen. There's a physical effect. And so that's what happened in the, in the days of old. And we can see uh, as it's happening there. So in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, you know, it's telling us 
They were all praying, they were seeking, they were waiting for the promise of the Father to come, not knowing what to expect. And then all of a sudden, there it was. Amen. And this is the only time in recording of the flames of the fire. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to stop right there because the, um, number two, see, that was number one. Number one was uh, the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence, speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. So number two is going to be uh, tongues is for spiritual edification. That's what we're going to talk about uh, next time is, is tongues being spiritual edification. So this is going to be a series that we're going to, we're going to get into and we're going to discuss it in detail and, and uh, learn some things about it. I believe there's a lot more to be learned about the Holy Spirit than we know. Anybody here know everything about the Holy Spirit? Because I need to talk to you. Raise your hand if you know everything about the Holy Spirit. No. no. So we need to get into the Scripture. We're going to study. We're going to learn more about the Holy Spirit. Amen. And my prayer is, through this, that you will draw closer to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because He's my favorite person. He's my favorite person. I love the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't want to be on this earth without the Holy Spirit. I really wouldn't. I'm so grateful the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Let's all stand on our feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for tonight's discussion, Lord, as we as we dig into the Word on who the Holy Spirit is. And Father, I pray right now that you would just enlighten us. God, that you would just open up our understanding tonight, God. And Father, that you would just begin to open up the Scriptures and open up our, our spirits, God, and teach us who the Holy Spirit really is. And how to walk in the Holy Spirit and how to act in the Holy Spirit and how to live in the Holy Spirit. Take us to a place, a higher place in our relationship with you tonight, God. My, this is my prayer for this congregation tonight, God, that they would just walk into a higher level of the Holy Ghost in their life. That they would walk into a higher awareness of the Holy Spirit in their life. Let the Holy Spirit become more aware in their life. That they begin to feel and they begin to recognize that you're with them all the time, Lord. And just begin to open up their understanding tonight, Father. And Lord, I just give you praise, honor, and glory right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.